One podcast. Two podcasts. Three podcasts. Hi, everyone. This is Daniel. This is Danielle. And I'm Carla. And we're backwards today. It's really confusing. And this is Hoosier Homicide. A true crime podcast. Bye, Hoosiers. Bye, Hoosiers. <laughs> You're not allowed to read Sesame Street books to her anymore. And for anyone who don't know what Hoosier is. <laughs> There's Cookie Monster. She likes my Cookie Monster. Aww. Yeah. That's one, it's like there's so much bass on your voice, it's like I can't really tell when how good it is or how close. <laughs> I start doing, it hurts. It hurts to do that sometimes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's for like with anyone the... who don't know what Hoosier is. <laughs> <laughs> C is for condom. That's good enough for me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Never seen that? The um, five-year engagement? Mm-hmm. That's an excellent no. movie. That's great. I heard it was horrible. Oh, no, I loved it. With Emily it's, Blunt. It's Chris I Pratt. Know. And Chris yeah. Pratt before he lost weight. Wait, Chris okay. Pratt's in it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I like okay. Chris I like Chubby And what's Chris his face? So. The, from How I Met Your Mother. I, I said Jason Segel. She said Jason. He said it. I always okay. want to say Jason Segel. Like I'm fancy. Yeah, I think it's Siegel. I if I am mispronouncing too. that, I deeply apologize. I think it's Siegel. Huh? Nothing. Go ahead. I don't think it's it's not Seagal. Okay. Because that would be funny, and you remember. Okay, that. so my coworker, she's more like my boss, Haley. She says Lubbock, Texas. Woohoo! Lubbock. What's it supposed to Lubbock? be? Lubbock. Lubbock. I say Lubbock. Is I, it Lubbock, not? Texas. Wait, wait, wait. I didn't know that place existed. So there's a. Uh, <laughs> Is think- it not Lubbock? I think it's Lubbock, Texas, and but, I I only say that because I'm pretty sure there's a college football team there, or a co- there's a college foot there's a college football team. Texas, no. I can't <laughs> vote on the pronunciation because I didn't know it existed. You've never heard of Lubbock? I don't think so. I don't know. Well, yeah. anyway, just imagine Haley on the phone selling. Taking good, S- taking selling this, yeah. Texas that- Tech is in Lubbock. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's but she's it there. She's like, this delivers in Lubbock. I'm no, like, what it's are Lubbock. you doing? Lubbock, Lubbock. Does she ever listen to this? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> good for her. She could. I, she wouldn't care. Well, I'm saying if she would, I pointed out Lubbock. every time to him like Lubbock, really, and she's like, hey, yeah. Deboner. Deboner. <laughs> you mean Deboner, dude? Okay. Somebody was pissed at me because, and I've never heard of this before, but it's Lufton, Texas. And I called and I, I was talking to this guy and I pronounced it Lufton because I don't know. I've never really heard of it. And he stops me. He's like, um, excuse me. Did you mean Lufton? Like, I, bitch, don't you think you, you knew what I was talking about? You just had to correct me. Yes. No, I meant Lufton. Exactly. Yeah, That's no, what I, I meant Lufton. You if you're looking for it, it's up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> there are lots of strange city names in the United States, especially in Wisconsin. Wow. Today, I was working on something out of Mukwanga. Who? Mukwanga, Wisconsin. That, I don't even know if that's how you the, how you say it. We have a Octonmawak. Oh no, you didn't. Octonmawak. I will fight you. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, say it, Danielle. Fishers. Fishers. Say the city in Kentucky. Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I was calling on this. I was calling on a Louisville. Okay, would I say Louisville? Louisville, Tennessee, because there's a Louisville, Tennessee. Do you think they call it that? Oh, look, it's it's Adolf. You can't say hi. That. Hello. <laughs> there is this cat. I don't know where the fuck he belongs, 
but he is always in our front yard. They belong to the white trash. You can't say that. I can say that. We they don't have, have a giant that in they here. Might RV. Li- they might listen. They have a giant junk RV in their driveway. They, they might backed listen. up far enough that the homeowners Shh, can't you say can't anything. You can't admit Shh. that there's white trash in here. Oh, sorry. There's no white trash here. You might offend somebody. Actually, remember there was that one house that the drive or the garage door got spray painted on. <gasps> that was a child molester. Yeah. Yeah. And that was in... That was south of here. South, but yeah. It, oh, he sprayed, yeah, he sprayed yeah. Chomo. And your mom was like, I've never heard of Chomo before. <laughs> Wait, what is Chomo? Child molester. Chomo. Yeah. <laughs> he committed suicide in the house, but I bet the people really? who bought it afterwards got a good deal. I didn't know he committed suicide. Mm-hmm. They get, you get a bad car fax on your house, a house fax. <laughs> oh, my God. Did they have Your to house has that? had an accident in it. <laughs> in, within the last five years. <laughs> Do oh, they no, have I to saw them pulling that? all the carpet out. Oh, God. Yeah. To paint this room, they use a technique where they dip the end in the brush and they flick it on the wall. It's called spatter. It's called spatter. <laughs> we chose a nice white, nice red on white. It really pops. I guess we shouldn't say that. That's to make light of. It's not. I'm the child must. Oh, just, well, yeah. True. In I that forget, instance that. only. Yes. In that instance only. Yes. But so, all the neighbors had to read the word gonna, poorly written chomo on the garage door yeah. forever. So it was like, that's not fair to them. How did we get there? I don't know. White trash. Anyways. I was trying to <clears throat> tell the story. I was trying to inform people that there is a cat in our front yard. And you guys took it to the guy who committed suicide because he was a child molester and he was going to go to prison. Yeah. He was. He was. Oh, yes. I made it so much worse. <laughs> you did. Yes. <laughs> took a hard left. Simply... <laughs> There is a cat in the front yard who has a Hitler stash. He's a black and white cat. And he does. He has a Hitler stash. That's racist. Okay. And I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> it's culturally offensive to Germans? To ger- yes, to Germans. There you go. They, there you go. Ah, there from goes what Daniel. I understand. Offending well, people left and right. From what I understand. All they... the Germans just clicked off. We have like <laughs> six downloads in Germany. Really? Yes. From what I understand is that they just don't like to talk about it. I don't like to talk about a lot of things. Yeah. And when people bring them up on my podcast, I get really offended. Because it's actually, like, it's in the past, but it's a recent past, if you think We about watched it. that hunting Hitler thing. And who? what did your brother say? They recently found his body, like, just hanging out in a ditch somewhere. Yeah, okay. And they were able to identify it no, via I dental have, records. No, that has not been confirmed. All of a sudden. <laughs> of I, believe he, I believe he escaped Germany. Yes, we watched it. Hey, it's Hitler's over here. <laughs> I found U-boat. Hitler. He took a U-boat. Under the water. <laughs> Where are we? Well, I don't know. Let's talk about that show that I s- I've seen like three episodes so far. The Staircase? Yes. Yes. We haven't watched as much because we were eating and all of a sudden there was a picture of a dead body. And I was yeah, like, that I was... wasn't prepared to that, tell you. That ruined my night. Yeah. And I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, lie. Daniel. No, usually, usually stuff like that, you know, it, it, well, there bo- hadn't it been... bothers me no matter what it is. Still seeing a dead when you see somebody there and you think, "Oh, that poor bastard." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you feel bad. You feel bad for the kids because you know the kids have seen the fucking photo of their fucking mother mm-hmm. laying there. Anyways, we're sitting down. And we're eating like fucking tacos or something. Oh god! And then there's a dead body, and it's like she had this look on her, and that was the problem. Yeah. If they show it for them from the neck down, I'd been completely fine. It could have been someone disemboweled, and I probably would have 
I might have looked away a little bit, but I'd been fine. But they show her face and the yeah. fucking. And we weren't. I had uh, already watched one episode and they showed some of the crime scene, but they hadn't shown like that much of it. And so I was like, oh, we're okay to. Well, I was eat. warned that it was graphic. No, I was not. No, I'm okay with it, but I wasn't going to tell. I would have I mean, warned it's not something Daniel you necessarily wouldn't have been look eating. at. But you understand it's part of the story. Yeah, like I'm okay with it. It's part of it. You don't want to exclude things, but it was like, I have to finish it. And it's nuts. It seems nuts. This pretty, guy is so, I don't want to say wishy-washy, but I'm so back and forth about his. It's the you know, approach his, of the documentary that of the innocence or guilt that they're already approaching. But I just can't handle that the defense is already hired. And I was like, Daniel, who is this guy? I was like, wait, just listen to him talk. Listen to him talk. And we had to wait. And it's a coroner-ish doctor guy. And he goes, it's a... Uh, it's a shooty, shooty autopsy. <laughs> and I knew right, right away. Who that was from. It's the guy, it's what the defense hired for Casey Anthony. That's who Jose Baez. No, yes, way. it's the same I dude. Not know th- I gotta tell my friend. Yes, that. it's the same dude who tore apart the Florida's corner. And she had like her own TV show. Um, she was great. She knew exactly what to do with that little girl's remains. She knew not to crack the skull open because it would just disintegrate. She knew she could take a camera, you know, and look in at everything. She did a thorough autopsy. And this dude gets a hold of the skull, cuts it open, and it disintegrates. But he was on the stand going, a shooty. It's a, she did a shooty autopsy. And that's the same fucking dude in the, that they've hired his defense because he's got a lot of money that's going over this crime scene. And all his other little colleagues there trying to weave the narrative to fit the way it'll work for him. And he even points out, what do people do that don't have money? He's like, it's a good point. They don't have they all these fuckers that, helping his, them. They, they did the numbers and he was going to owe them $800,000. Mm-hmm. But that's insane I, to I, me. I honestly want to know how much money her attorney made off of this. Because, you know, obviously she didn't pay her. Di- she hasn't paid him a dime. Are you talking about Casey Anthony? Yes. Jose Baez. No, well, he's made money. Cause yes. Of- I just well, want to know because you know he had to pay for all the uh, his own experts himself. Mm-hmm. See, and that's what that so dude's paying I for all know. of his own experts. But the thing is, if, you, if you're going to be the lawyer that gets Casey Anthony off, Mm-hmm. You're going to get hired. You want to again. be that lawyer. You're going to get hired again. Oh well, yeah, yeah and he wrote yeah. a book. And I just love they took him to that. <laughs> what do they call it? A, the witness stand guy. The a witness. P- a witness stand guy that was like shaking his arms out and like having him make sounds to project his voice, like to help him relax. Yes. I was like, I can do that job. Fifty bucks an hour. Amen. I can make you feel like an idiot and tell you <laughs> it's good for you. I I don't know if he was. Like a speech therapist? I don't know. Like, there's all types of witness stand, like people or what to wear and not wear. That well, and he jury was telling them body will, language and yeah, all this shit type like of that. stuff. Well, I found it interesting when they did the panel. They're mm-hmm. bringing in just like ten random ass people, yep. and they straight up tell them like, oh, "This is why I don't believe the guy when he's saying these things." And they're like, "Okay, well, we'll just change all that." Yeah, I was like, "We can fix that." I'm like, oh my god! It's so scary. I have to finish. This is more. a fucking science. So, and anyways, we are this, on there, the map. There's this, huh? We are all over the map right I now. Know. Yes, I mean, it can't be <laughs> clocked. It's oh, well. just what it is. Sunday night. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow is her actual birthday. Yes, tomorrow is your kid's birthday, right? Yes, mm-hmm. you made it to three. Yes, only fifteen more years to go. I have a feeling. And guess what? They stick around. They stick around. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start encouraging her to move out 
when she's about 39. Okay. That's fair. Yes. No. Well. <laughs> no. <laughs> We've got just enough bedroom. She can stay. Oh, that's sweet. She'll mm-hmm. hear this one day. I My dream is for her to take a college sociology course and be like, my parents in their early 30s had a life crisis of some sort and my mom made no, no, my no. dad my mother my mom made my dad crisis. start a podcast and required my aunt to do it as well and broadcasted themselves on social media thinking it was cool and now i'm forcing you all to listen to their most vulgar episode <laughs> they're an hour long buckle up buckle up and then the teacher hold on to your butts hold on to your butts the teacher will have to give her at least a B plus for its originality. It would be so original mm-hmm. to bring in a vulgar podcast as a sociology. Experiment. You want her to do sociology? You want her to do her to do psychology? Well, the, usually <laughs> they make you take something. I yeah. took a sociology. I class. took psychology. It actually, it was fairly yeah, interesting. A psych class. Let's that would be psych. cool, though. You could be like, "Let's analyze my dumbass no, parents." No, she's <laughs> she's gonna be a nun. She's gonna be married to Jesus. You're gonna marry Jesus. Jesus? They're sisters, okay? <laughs> wow, that got interesting. It got weird. And there's no transition whatsoever to this. What give we, us something. What give we, us something. Give me, give me. Just one word. You really. Nuns, Catholic. Nuns. I'm just saying, just tell us anything about this case and we'll talk about it really quick. Catholic nuns. Catholic nuns. I think all the nuns are Catholic. Yes. My dad was bitch slapped by a nun when he was in Catholic school. Mima was going to be a nun. No. Yeah, I remember and her friend whatever decided that they weren't and we don't know what she did to get kicked out. I know someone who was knocked unconscious by a nun. Mm-hmm. That's with, we with talked about we talked mom about some of got this. bitched out by a nun and she also got taunted by a nun as a young and I've child. I've seen a nun chuck a desk across the room. My dad refers will always say um the nuns he had in Catholic school were sister Joseph Goebbels and <laughs> Sister Heimlich Himmler. <laughs> Anytime you... Re- <laughs> what were we just talking about? Appropriation. <laughs> that was... That's seriously what he called... He, he'll, he'll tell that story. You know, that's day. his life experience. You can't judge that. Like, <laughs> and anytime you wrap a towel or anything around your head, mom will say... Oh, she looks like Sister Mary Elephant. Yeah. And I still don't know. Sister Mary Elephant. Sister Mary Elephant. This is just some concept that mom has created. Sister Mary Elephant. I think she exists. I don't know, though. Yeah. She's got to be dead. But I find myself doing that also. Sister Mary Elephant. I actually got a... The industry that I work in is extremely interesting. Yes. There's pizza. Pizza? (laughs) That too. (laughs) There's people of all kinds of backgrounds. You get all kinds of Mm -hmm. names. Interesting. And one day I'm I look over at the caller ID, Mother Teresa's calling me. You're like, Amen. And I was like, Should I get it? You should answer. <laughs> just in case. You should answer. I did answer it. It was just like a normal person. But I don't know oh. why. I don't know why the caller ID said that. It's just a good omen. And then the other day someone said it was sacrilegious for me to put a Snapchat filter on Pope John Roncalli's statue. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did. Daniel no, did. Yeah. It was when we were leaving the festival. I put a Snapchat filter on a religious figurine. <laughs> it was. A... It gave it bunny ears. <laughs> That's horrible. You're going. To... Oh, maybe I did. Maybe you I did. did. 
And you're not I thought even... it was a good idea. Well, no, they went to put up there and said, <laughs> here, have your picture taken with the Pope. I said, no, you're a Protestant. Get, get down. down. Get down. <laughs> get down no, from there. No, get down. <laughs> it's good to be the Pope. <laughs> it made him cute. It gave him freckles and, and bunny ears. Stop. <laughs> Let me do. Okay, we have to do this. because we... Speaking of, of Catholicism. Speaking of Catholicism. Okay, this case is done. It's been done. And it's been done over and over and over. Is it about Sister Mary? It's been road hard. <laughs> and Hung up and dry. done good. And it's never going to stop being done. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't fucking listen. Because I don't think Daniel or Carla knows. Carla. If you, Carla. Want, if you want to learn something and you want the serious analysis, <laughs> turn us off. If you want our special little twist on it, <laughs> continue listening. Proceed. I have researched it. I've listened to several things, and I'll put clips in here of stuff, but you know the story. I was going to say, it's it's not that you don't try. Well, you you try. I try. We don't try. But no. we're here for the ride. But and we like it a lot when I know the topic and the other two people in the room don't. It creates genuine reaction. Totally authentic. Like the time we found out that it was actually, it's St. It is St. Louis. <laughs> and it's St. actually Louis. pronounced Louisville. Yes. The episode, Mr. Teal and the Louisville Love Triangle. That's what they're talking about, which is a good episode if you would like to listen to that, because I pronounced Louisville wrong. <laughs> you didn't just... <laughs> you didn't pronounce it wrong. Like You just said something else. I said Louisville. They'd punch you down That's there. a different place. There is actually Louisville. Louisville, we looked it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's a good episode. So if you've already... Yeah, go. you can listen to that, too. Okay. Do you folks know of Betty Broderick? You know because you've been reading my notes over my shoulder. Ooh. No, that's not true. Ooh. That's all I saw was Betty Broderick. <laughs> I know it, and I know when you get to the point or what happened, I'm going to go, oh, yeah. Yeah, like you might start connecting the other week the with the D.B. Cooper motherfucker. Yeah, you started figuring it as out. As soon as you I'm like, oh, yeah, I did hear that. And, okay, this could be a hoax very quick. Somebody at work did send me a D.B. Cooper article because yeah. they know that I didn't I'm... read it. You know what I'm talking about? That? I know what you're talking I don't. about. I, it better fucking be true because I'm about done with this shit. What was the article? That they think they know who it is based on a coded message. I need to know. We'll, send we'll, me the we'll article. Send it to, I'll send it to you, but like that's people know at work I that I'm I'm disturbed by oh, this. Oh, so they're like, here, Carla, have some information. I'm like, I must know. All right. Born Elizabeth Ann Besiglia. Besiglia. You should look these names up beforehand. No, I do look them up, but I pronounce them in my head differently than my mouth will say ah, them. Yes, Basiglia. Basiglia. It is Balsiglia. It is Balls. I'm telling you, there's balls no Balls. Basiglia. Anyway, she was born in 1947 and grew up in New York City suburb of East Chester. She was the third of six kids born in a Roman Catholic family. See? Amen. There's the transition. Not a very good one. <laughs> We've had much better transitions. <laughs> Her mother was an Irish-American, and her father was an Italian-American. They owned a successful plastering business, so they weren't... I love getting plastered. I, really, that's what I, was <laughs> I don't know. So they weren't hurting for money. My dad, speaking of getting plastered, <laughs> my dad, we were talking about someone else's drinking habits at work. And I said, they get drunk a couple times a week like we do at the 500. He goes, I didn't get that drunk at the 500. And I'm like, I didn't say anything. But in my head, I'm like, I know for a fact at least one time you looked at me and said, 
man, I'm plastered. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Betty graduated from East Chester High School in 1965. She later graduated from the College of Mount St. Vincent, a small Catholic women's college where she majored in early childhood education. It's pronounced Vicent. Yes. Vicent. Hmm. Okay. Get ready for it. In 1965, Betty met her future husband, Dan Broderick, at the University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana. Well, that could have been the connection. It is yeah. the connection. You could have you all you could all, all the things we Catholic. could have talked about. You could have said Catholic. It is. You could have you said could have Notre like, Dame. Dame. I wanted it like, to be a surprise. We would have been like, oh my gosh! I wouldn't have known. My grandpa went there. We go to a game every year. Now you're saying it now. All this stuff we could have talked about. You're saying we have it a now. whole wall. We have your grandfather's plaque from Notre Dame in our living room. His, his diploma or his diploma? <laughs> Wait, his excuse diploma. me, his diploma. I don't even have my diploma up in No. Where is and we that? Have play like a, a play like a champion today song. We can hit it every day when you leave we the house. We have the lyrics to the fight song on the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all these things you could have said would have been yeah, a much better transition. Him, fuck you. We said it right now. <laughs> well, I got some other things about Notre Dame to talk about if, since you're going to bring it up. This is why you should have brought it up beforehand. It is one of my more favorite places in the state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. I yes, have a couple. Yes. Yep. I don't think we've ever talked about Notre Dame I don't, before. We haven't, but we... Notre Dame is a very special place to this family. Yep. It is. So that's why I wanted to do this, really, is because that's where they met. But they now met. you're trying to hurry us through... I'm not hurrying. ...our memories. You have that look on your face. Not you said... You have you said that look on your face. those memories suck. Just kidding. I think she commented how beautiful the campus was. And I was like, yes, it, it is. It is. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Especially in the fall. Especially if there's a football game going Especially on. Especially if there's a goddamn football game going on. You can see Touchdown Jesus. And our... How that far has, is uh, South Bend from us? I We can get there in about three hours. So it, And it's north. Mm-hmm. Okay, she and a girlfriend had traveled from New York for the weekend where they went for football, basically. And he approached her at a party, introducing himself as an MDA, a doctor, almost, almost doctor. I should start doing that. And I think he wrote his uh, phone number on a napkin and slid it to her. And I was like, aww. This is so cliche. Go yeah, on. But he can't text or anything, you Mm-mm. know? Um, he told her that he'd be attending Cornell University's medical school next year. <laughs> Andy Bernard. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> the exactly Nard dog. Exactly what I was thinking. Uh, the, the, um, a clip popped up this morning on Facebook of them doing the, uh, when they're having CPR training. No, I and, can't. And the lady, <laughs> and the lady goes, you do it to the, the beat of staying alive. And he goes, oh, okay. First, I was afraid. I, I was, was petrified. <laughs> no, 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 not like that. Oh and my god, that's Dwight, a fantastic episode. Dwight cuts the face off. Of the, <gasps> it's horrifying. The <laughs> no, but that's what I watched first this thing this morning. And Kelly gets up and starts dancing, and the woman yes. is terrified. <laughs> okay, the conversation that the two had was brief, and she remembers him being pretty much a nerd. And it's like most smart. People are. Hey, I take offense to that. (laughs) (laughs) Dan Broderick was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in 1944 and was the eldest son of a large Catholic family. And I think a a lot of his family members went to Notre Dame, like his dad before him or his brothers after him. (laughs) But still, the couple married October 12th, 1969 in Tuckahoe. Which I don't. It's Taco. Taco, which it's I don't taco. know. I'm just kidding. Is it in Indiana? No, that's in New York. 
T-U-C-K-A-H-O-E. Tuckahoe. I don't know where it is. Done that before. (laughs) (laughs) October 12th. Good day. Go on. April 12th. I thought you said October. April 12th. Still a good day. Half birthday. Go on. (laughs) She returned from the honeymoon pregnant. Isn't that the point? No, it's never the point. Maybe back then that was the point. Just kidding. Before the wedding, though, she had started teaching third grade. And she, for whatever reason, they said concealed her pregnancy and worked right up until the day her their first daughter, Kim, was born in 1970. And I kind of feel like they raised women that you grow up Catholic, you go to school to be a nurse or a teacher, cause, and mom was like a teacher, mm-hmm. and you get married and you have babies. And that is your whole life. Congratulations. We've written the story for you. And you don't have to worry about anything. And that's kind of what she did thus far. And she married a smart man, too. After Kim's birth, Dan completed his medical degree, which for most of us would be enough. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Daniel's not paying attention anymore. Medicines. She gave birth no. to a medical degree. <laughs> He then announced his intention to combine it with a law degree. So he's going to be doing surgeries on lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. You know what your dad says every time he meets an attorney? What? He looks at him and he goes, hey, when you take a Viagra, do you get taller? <laughs> he does say that, yeah. doesn't he? <laughs> Oh, so he enrolled at Harvard Law School and Betty became the main provider for the family. But living in Somerville, Massachusetts felt lonely and isolating. So he's out with, you know, it's not like college used to be. You're in grad, grad school, grad, like, what do you call it? You've already had your medical degree and now you're back in law school. You're adult, adulting, hardcore. And with your colleagues, probably all men, but you're, and she's at home. I think, when is their next kid born? Working and having kids. Okay, their second daughter, Lee, was born in 1971. So they've got almost Irish twins. (laughs) 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 And Dan graduated from Harvard Law in 1973. And the Broderick family moved to San Diego, California. And Dan specialized in what type of law, would you guess? Medical malpractice. Bingo! (laughs) Yeah, so okay, so maybe this motherfucker <laughs> was really smart, and he figured out how to make money. That's America. Yeah, America. Which, America. if you want to know why your health insurance is so so fucking expensive, you can trace it all back. Not to really so much to the politicians. I mean, that has a lot to do with it. It more has to do with the amount of fucking lawsuits. That hospitals have to pay for. Wah, wah. Well, this guy oh, figured yeah. it out. Um, well, apparently he's not doing surgery on lawyers. Whatever. So before this, though, at one point, you know, they were living on little income while he's doing all this. And she's supporting the family, driving the kids everywhere, running the household, still working. I think at one point she was selling Tupperware door to door, like to support everyone. And he's doing his smart person thing. But she said she signed up for this, that she's like, no, 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 I'm here for you. This is what I agreed to getting married to you and to support you in our decision for you to become a doctor and a lawyer. And then 
we're gonna reap the benefits. And we're, and we're moving to California, bitches. California, dude. Mm-hmm. And then his income increased. You know, that's the idea. He, I think he would joined a partnership, but then went solo because he was making so much money. Jesus. Uh, then they had a son, Daniel. Womp womp. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Was born in 1976. At least my name is still in rotation, Carla. No one's naming their kids nowadays, Carla. They're naming their cows that. Yes, they are. <laughs> Carla Sue, I gotta go milk Carla Sue. I don't know if you guys ever see those Snapchat stories I post, but like, I get it all. I get it all. People will call me anything but my Oh, name. yeah, zooming in of what you're like, And no. my email is Carla at my company name. Yeah, it's spelled. It's right there. And they're like, Karen, please, <laughs> please no. advise. No. <laughs> Kayla, please advise. No. I'm like, you dumb or something? No. They think if they just get the k sound, it's going to be Did I tell you the story enough. about Carlisle, Pennsylvania? <laughs> I don't know. There was a woman. She had a very, very thick accent. And uh, we were dealing from with- From Pennsylvania? No, she's not from Pennsylvania. Oh, she's from we, another country. I'm sure. Well, I didn't know if it was Pennsylvania. <laughs> if it was like moose, if it was Pennsylvanian Dutch, <laughs> or if it if it was like Lindsay, <laughs> Pippa, <laughs> Jagoff, <laughs> Jagoff. No, this woman she had a very thick accent, but we were dealing with Carlisle, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and she truly could not distinguish my name and the city. She wanted you to just be there. She was like, okay, Carlisle, listen to me. We're talking about this load coming out of Carlisle. Okay, Carlisle? You're like, no, I'm I'm not the same. Okay, yeah. Okay, well, just to simplify. Okay, thank you so much. I will send the driver to Carlisle. Thank you so much, Carlisle. We'll speak to you later. She thought you were named after the city. I know. She couldn't do it. Named after where you were conceived. Like That's what she (laughs) thought. That's what everyone does. She just couldn't do it. It was so funny. Okay, the family... Moved to La Jolla. No, their first house in La Jolla. It was like Coral Reef or Coral Cove. Fuck, I'm not from California. I don't know what it means, but I'm sure it's nice. And so now she's a stay at home mom. She doesn't have to work anymore. And they had their fourth child, Rhett, R H E T T, was born in 1979. Those are four kids. And they haven't been together that long. Damn. You know? They're. Practicing they got Catholic family planning and they're doing a bad job. Yeah. Just called pounding it out, pull and pray. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Jesus. They got married, you know, at like 19 and 20. They were bit it's like have babies right away. Avoid getting to know one another at all costs. This doesn't apply to everyone, but can you imagine if you married the person you were dating when you were twenty no. years old? No. I did. He did. He Yikes! did. <laughs> oh, no. And guess what? It didn't work out. It didn't guess work what? Out. I have to go right now. Carla has to leave the room. I have to go to Carlisle. <laughs> right now. I must find a hole and get in it. <laughs> oh, poor Daniel. But this, it's still, that the divorce thing is important. It's okay to wait, but it's, it's okay. okay not to. It's also. okay. Oh, it's important. It's important. Well, to you, it's important. No, no, no. In the story, it's important. But yeah, it was important to me, too. Um, the family joined La Jolla Country Club and Fairbanks Ranch Country Club. And I just want people to know that Fairbanks here is a rehab facility. So I hope <laughs> that Fairbanks Ranch Country Club there is much nicer. <laughs> and they became members of Warren Springs Ranch. I don't Okay. 
And they, a lot of membership. Yeah, they had a ski condominium in Keystone, Colorado, and they had boats and cars, and including an MG and a Jaguar. Oh boy! <laughs> Nicer than the Lexus. Oh boy! <laughs> I was well, so rich, I bought me a Lexus. <laughs> no, I'm sure for the time they were brand. Oh new. yeah, yeah. Well, maybe not the MG, but their kids went to the most prestigious private schools, and they all went on cruises and trips to Europe. With plenty of money to go around. But the kids say all of this did not bring their family much peace. So money does not make you happy, or so I've been told. No. I'm going to prove that myself. I, I would like to find out for myself. <laughs> I'm going to find out for myself. But that's what I've been told. Definitely makes things a little bit less stressful. There yes. you go. What did I say the other day? It was, someone was talking like, oh, you don't, you don't need alcohol to have fun. And I was like. Yeah, well, you don't need shoes to run, but it sure does help. <laughs> that's good. Did you come up with that on your own? I think I, I read it somewhere. Yeah, okay, but I, say, I said it funny. to someone at work, and they were like, they were, they were like, that is good. Like, I'm going to get that tattooed on me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, her, Kim said this about her mom. Mom was always kind of weird. And then this is Kim at like 20 years old. Mom would get mad at dad all the time. Once mom picked up the stereo and threw it at him. And she locked him out constantly. He'd come around to my window and whisper, Kim, let me in. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Betty's anger wasn't always reserved for Dan. They said their arguments of throwing things, and one time he dropped a, a fish aquarium, oddly enough, off their second-story balcony. That's And oddly enough, we just got a fish aquarium. That seems rude. What yeah. about those fish? Uh, maybe there was no fish in it. So a lot of fighting and throwing things and that type of stuff. But she also got mad at the kids. And Kim said it was not uncommon for her mom to throw frozen food or to hit her and her other sister, Lee. Uh, so mom said, okay, the next time you're bad, I'll hit you with a fly swatter. And Lee was out in the yard and mom went after her with the with the swatter. And the little screen came off of it. So it was just the wire and she kept hitting her. Lee had big welts all over her legs. I'd grab Danny and hide in the closet. I was dying for dad to divorce her. I'd say, dad, just take me the day you leave. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty powerful stuff. That's intense. In fall of 1983, Dan hired 21-year-old Linda Kokina to be his legal assistant. She was a former Delta Airlines flight attendant who had no college experience and could not type. Okay, she's only 21, though. Yeah, She can't type? She How could she be type? a former Delta Airline stewardess she's former she was only a delta airline stewardess for thir three months i bet she's former because he said hey you don't have to do that anymore come work for me <laughs> yeah. even though you can't type it's okay hey, i'll teach you how to read. i'll teach you how to read <laughs> a is for apple <laughs> b is for balls <laughs> c is for clam cock. hat oh, <laughs> <laughs> well c is for condom from earlier yes it is there's also a little wayne song that goes to the alphabet. Would you like to hear the I know the no. first. You what don't want to hear it. What is it? A is for Ashley. She always asked for me to take it out of pussy, put it right in her ass. You would know the words to that. B is for Brittany. She right in the class, but she hating on Ashley because she tightened the ass. <gasps> you would know the words. I only know A and B. Lesson for the weekend is to learn C and D. No, that sounded really wrong. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Um, so A is for Ashley, B is for Brittany. I don't like the name Brittany. Shut up, Danielle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Betty quickly suspected Dan was having an affair, but he would deny it and call her crazy for thinking it. Still, Betty demanded that he fire Linda. What do we think happened? He doesn't fire Linda. No, he does not fire Linda. Part of the problem, I'm sure, in her suspecting this is that Linda was a much younger version of Betty. Just 20, you know, 20 years younger. And very pretty. So I can see where she would suspect that. And that's called, you know, so she knew something wasn't right. And by him calling her crazy and you don't know what you're talking about, blah, 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 that's gaslighting. Never call a girl the C word. Hunter crazy. Sazy. Crazy. Sazy. <laughs> that too. Patrick Swayze. C-A-C-Z-E. Sazy. So he's trying to make her think it's all in her head. You're making this all up. You don't know what you're talking about. You're seeing things, you know, and that's shitty. So, but she knew someone wasn't right. Sorry. You apologize to the microphone. <laughs> I might have the audio clip of this, but I'll say this. This was just a phase, a bad time. Too stupid to be true, she wrote in her account of the marriage. The girl had nothing on me. I'm prettier, smarter, classier. She's dumb, uneducated tramp with no background or education or talent. He'll definitely get over it. I say that about myself every day. Yeah. And from the lyrics of the great Cardi B, she's unimportant, unattractive, unemployed. Yeah. Yeah. But she is employed. <laughs> she's employed, she man. Employed. God damn it. <laughs> and I I bet you she's more attractive than this lady. No, I yeah. On Dan's 39th birthday, Betty went to his office to surprise him only to discover the remains of a party and to find that he and Linda had been gone most of the day. Uh-uh. Wah, wah. And some of the documentaries that I watched that clearly are spun in a certain direction. She was like with a dozen long stem roses oh, okay. there to save her marriage. And I was like, what? <laughs> Why is she bringing him roses? <laughs> Betty went home and piled up all of Dan's custom made clothes and set them on fire in the backyard. <laughs> Boom, bitches. <laughs> but he still denied anything was going wrong until, let's see, in January, he eventually confessed to having an affair with Linda. And was like, obviously. Yeah, have you seen pictures of Betty compared to the uh, new wife? I told you it was a, but look at younger Betty, like 1969. How did they get the name Betty yeah. from Elizabeth? Oh, I don't know. They are younger. She's just a younger version of her. No, um, no, she's not. She's unimportant, unattractive, unemployed. I'm just saying, if you're going to sit there and... Make fun of somebody because they're uneducated, and say you're also more attractive than them. But she, this, is a this song. lady, at least, it's just a song, man. <laughs> hit the ugly branch once. I'm talking about Betty. Oh Betty. yeah, talking about she, Betty. She but you can rude. see how it'd make a woman very uncomfortable if their husband hired this uneducated in that field. Like she's not an, an assistant typist, anything. You're just hiring an attractive woman to work for you, and you're like, I don't think this is good for me in any way. And when they're like, hey, you need to get rid of her. And they're like, he goes, nope, I like her. I'm going to no. keep her. She can type now. Type now. I've taught her the <laughs> alphabet at this point. We got all the way to Z. <laughs> no, I think we only made it to, yeah, we only made it to C. Oh, we okay. actually only made it to Brittany. Okay. Oh, okay. In 1985, the whole family moved out because there was like a crack in the foundation in their coral reef cove something home they had to move out into a, a large rental house i'm assuming this is a metaphor there was a crack in the foundation oh good job 
Ooh. Ooh. Deep. Did I do drugs before this? <laughs> Just kidding. Maybe. Because that's <laughs> deep, Carla. That was deep as shit. So he moved everyone out, and they moved into a rental house, and then he was like, hey, I don't like this scene anymore. I'm moving back to our family home with the foundation, because it doesn't bother me none, and y'all can stay here. So now they're living in separate houses. So one, most of the family's in the rental. He's in the original house. We had a customer in this week that comes in frequently. It's like, oh, how you doing? Oh, good. You know, da, 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 da. and I can't remember how it came up, but he goes, "You know what the secret to a happy marriage is? Owning two TVs. <laughs> we have two TVs and a couple." She's of out in the living room. I'm back in my office. We've had a very long marriage. That's beautiful. That really is. They own two houses. <laughs> Shit. John Force. The uh, he's a. Famous drag racer, if you ever follow drag racing. I don't, but I know who he I is. I only follow regular drag. <laughs> okay, Amen. so if they get in, if they ever got into racing... <laughs> anyways, he and his wife live in... He lives at the guest house, and she lives in the Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. Doesn't sound bad at all. Uh-uh. That's the setup right there. She went to the house at some point, their main family home, and trashed Dan's bedroom. She shattered mirrors and spray painted the walls, curtains, and brick fireplace black. And according to what Dan later filed paperwork as to what she did, when Dan filed for divorce in September, Betty returned to smear cream pie all over the master bedroom and later threw wine bottles through windows and smashed a sliding glass door. Yeah, you're losing me, Betty. Rage. You're losing me with the cream pie. Yeah. Well, who who makes a cream pie? <laughs> who I was there. I was there with you the whole time. And then then you then you whipped out the cream pie. Perfectly good pie. <laughs> who makes the cream pie though? He didn't make it for himself. Who made the cream pie? I ask you. We need to start talking about cream pies. The woman Linda made the cream pie. <laughs> Who's Linda? That's the other. <laughs> that... <laughs> so that's why she was probably everyone pissed. enjoys a good cream pie. <laughs> <laughs> It had to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I know I certainly do. Uh, <laughs> yep. All right. The infamous Broderick versus Broderick became one of the more famous. Is that like hat versus hat? I don't know. No, it's spy versus spy. Yes. Why did I come up with hat versus hat? <laughs> I don't know. Are you okay? <laughs> became one of the more famous. Wait a second. Wait a second. Go to Google or YouTube and look up hat versus hat. It's a thing. <laughs> what is it? Would be? I don't know. It's some video. There is a video called hat versus hat. That's what it I is got a it thing. From. Let it be known. It's not a it's thing. A it's a video. Thing. It's a video. And if you're interested in other videos, go to Google. YouTube and so if you ever make YouTube. something up, Google it because there's a chance you might find it. And you won't sound no, no, stupid. No, no, that's a thing. That's a thing. Google it's a thing. It. it is a thing. It's a, it's a video. If you're looking for an entertaining video, go Google kittens inspired by kittens. Hang on. No. Kittens. Put it on the big screen then if you're going to start doing that. Kittens. Inspired by kittens, it's a thing. It's a thing. It is a thing. Did you just make that up? No, you know I love this? that video. It's oh. a little girl reading a book about cats, but she's not reading it. She's just narrating the photos. That's what I do when I read the Cat in the Hat to uh... our daughter. Yes. Okay, let me do this. 
Broderick versus Broderick became one of the more famous divorce cases in the U.S. In February 1986, Dan sold the family home with the help of a judge signing over Betty's half. So she said, the fuck I'm selling our family house. I've put up with your shit this long. That's my house. You remember this. It's my crack in the foundation. Yes, I want to fill that up with my own goddamn cement. <laughs> Even though I think he did her asking price and some other stuff. Like he and found her her own home and bought it. Well, after I've made that kind of money just to say, here, you can have the house. Yeah, but he wanted to be done. Like that's, we're done with this. We're getting a divorce. So he got a he found a loophole because he's smart man. Is that all you'll want is just the house? Like I give you the house and walk away. Oh, we'll this is this. what we're gonna do tonight. <laughs> oh, this is what we're gonna do tonight. <laughs> so the judge signed over her half. I didn't know you could do this, but he's like, "Oops, sorry, it's gone now." And she says she didn't get her half. That somehow he got it also. So she didn't get any money for the house, which is shitty because she should have. Yeah. Even though she was a raging bitch, she's still entitled uh, her portion. Agreed. I didn't decide to end this marriage or have affairs. Or He decided to do it, but he still wanted to force me into divorcing him, me into leaving him. He could not walk out on what appeared to everyone and was in reality a really nice wife, a really nice family, and a really nice home, and go off three months after his 40th birthday in his red Corvette with his cheap little office girl. That didn't fit into his self-image as Mr. Wonderful, Mr. Ethical, Mr. Catholic, family man. And the way he had to, to fix it was to kill me, destroy me, tell everyone I was crazy. I was horrible. <clears throat> You're telling us that when Dan walked out and said that's it and he was going to get a divorce. He could have gotten a divorce. You were fine with that. 1985. I thought I was going to be single, rich, and free. He purchased her a new $650,000 home. A beachfront property. Not good enough. A beachfront property. That's not that much in uh 1986? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Furious. About the sale, Betty drove to Dan's new home with his girlfriend, Linda. Linda. Linda, listen. And drove her Chevrolet into his front door, even with the kids inside the home. Was she she saying, bye-bye, Miss American Pie? (laughs) Drove the Chevy to (laughs) To the the door. American cream pie. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she had a cream pie on her, and it might have been leaking a little bit. From driving so fast. Leaking. I'm done. The pie. I gotta go. Leaking. (laughs) (laughs) When Dan opened the car door to pull her out, she was reaching for a large butcher knife under the seat. Bitch is crazy. Do you know where this will end you up real quick? If not jail, you'll get a three-day trip to San Diego County Mental Health Hospital in Hillcrest. so note to self. If you ever drive a car through the front of the house... You can get... I need to go grab a gun first. Because I might have a knife? Because you might have a knife. And I'll say, I'll look at you and I'll go, don't bring a knife to a gun show. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) What I got from that is drive the car into the house and get a free trip to San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why why don't you try it out? (laughs) Try it. Let's see. It'd be more like a free trip to Terre Haute or something. Now what you could do... Is accidentally drive your car into your house and then take the insurance money instead of fixing your house, go to San Diego. There you San go. San Diego. San Diego. It means whale's, whale's vagina. vagina. 
You ever Googled whale's vagina? Yes, I have actually. It's a work. beautiful thing. <laughs> We've talked about this before, haven't we? I don't know. And I really think it's come up in conversation before. Well, most likely. Dan and his attorney went to court to make the divorce final in July of 1986. Betty said that she could not find a qualified attorney that would oppose Dan, even though she had hired and fired about like five of them. <clears throat> and other professionals said, that's bullshit. Any attorney will represent you as long as they're getting paid. So you could have picked one and may not have been as good as him. I don't know. I don't know how great he was. He just happened to be a doctor and an attorney, a surgeon that operated on attorneys. <laughs> I honestly, if I was an attorney, that'd be the guy I'd go to for surgeries. I feel myself incapable of hurting another person at all. I do. I mean, I just, I'm, I've never thought of myself as anyone who ever hurt anybody, whoever even was, you know, purposely unkind or cruel or anything. But I also thought of myself in this thing as so totally victimized by two people who were so vicious and so cruel and so awful. And I kept saying, why? Why? What did I do? Why is... Is it necessary for the two of you to annihilate me? It wasn't a divorce. It was the murder of me by them. Why did they have to do that to us? Dan received sole custody of all the children with no visitation rights for Betty. Well, guess what? You can't mm-hmm. drive into someone's house. And so how much kids. is her erratic behavior and how much is the judges doing him a favor? Because he, kn- he was like head of the board association something. And other people are saying that's nothing to do with nothing. He, The judges wouldn't have done any favors for him. And she's saying, yes, that's how it went. Is everyone ignored anything I had to say? Because she represented herself. Bitch, pick your battles. She's like, oh, she fought. Let's see. So after this, she became increasingly irrational in which she left hundreds of obscene messages on Dan's answering machine. Can you give us an example? Yes. Yes. Go to YouTube. (laughs) Go to YouTube. Okay. Maybe not. Right. If there's anyone out there that can tell me how we get Betty from Elizabeth. This is a message to head and the You have one hell of a nerve dumping the kids here on the sidewalk and zooming away without making any attempt to communicate with me about my plans for the weekend. Come get the kids. I want to get rid of them, but I don't like driving to your neighborhood. Hurry up and come get them. I don't like coming to your shitty neighborhood. I don't like coming to your million-dollar home. It's shitty. Recording of a wrenching. 30-minute phone conversation between Betty and her son, Danny. At the time, just 11 years old. Of course, we're separated, Mom. But he, he, he likes somebody else now. He doesn't like you anymore. But I mean, if, you got, you got to stop saying the bad words. Why does he like me anymore? Because he, he's sick of you. Because you guys get in all these fights. Why do you fight? So who was talking on that? That's her 11-year-old son asking his mom to stop. Like That is so sad. 
um, yeah, asking his mom to stop that you're making it worse. You have to stop with the bad words. Dad doesn't want to be with, you know, and she's like, you don't know that he was fucking his secretary. Did you know he was fucking his secretary? And she's like, all the fighting started after that. And he's like, no, okay. mom, it was well before that. So you got the point that she likes to cuss. He calls she calls her the cunt. That's the name. And like he tries to use that word in all the legal document to say, you know, obscene language of the and she's like Betty's retort in all the columns is she's obscene. <laughs> <laughs> this girl took my she joke. She is obscene. This girl took took my fucking joke. Yeah. You're obscene. Uh, Dan began to withhold various amounts of money for each time she committed an offense, such as cursing on the phone, coming onto his property, or taking the children without his permission. Because he ended up with all the kids because she started to systematically drop them off on his doorstep when no one was home. Like he started, like Kim was older, was a teenager, and they got in a fight, so she just dropped her off. And she had to wait, you know, like eight hours for someone to show up. And then she did it with all the other kids, the youngest being Danny at eight years old, got dropped on his dad's doorstep and no one was home and he was terrified. And it was like, you didn't have cell phones to be like, dad, come get me. So he was just at the front door. And the way they'll spin it in her favor is to say she was giving Dan a taste of what being a parent was like. And he'll take the kids and realize I want my family back and I want it to be whole. And he saw it as, no, I have the kids now, and now I can play this against you, and you're not getting them back. Oh, that's exactly what she was doing. Yeah, and it's like, uh, so that's how how I How traumatizing as a yeah. child. So they're in the middle of all the fighting and, you know, the moving back and forth, too, of her just dropping them off. And, yeah, he would start finding her money, and eventually she would get into the negative. The what Betty wanted most of all was their wedding china back. Good God. Which Linda refused to give. And Linda had admitted that. Be like, no, I'm not giving the wedding china. My God, really? Fucking dishes? The divorce was finalized in 1989, four years after he filed the petition. So April 22nd of 1989, Dan and Linda were married. And he hired undercover security guards, but refused to wear a bulletproof vest. So he, he got married right away. Seven months after Dan and Linda were married, Betty drove to their house at 104, yeah, 1041 Cypress Avenue in Marson Hills neighborhood in San Diego. She used a key that she had stolen from her daughter Lee to enter the house while the couple slept. At 5.30 a.m. on Sunday, November 5th, 1989, Betty Broderick shot and killed the newlyweds using a Smith & Wesson revolver. Two bullets hit Linda in the head and chest, killing her instantly. One bullet hit Dan in the chest as he was reaching for a phone. One bullet hit the wall, and one bullet hit a nightstand. Dan was 44 years old, and Linda was 28. Wow. Yes. That's shitty. Yeah. So, she, when she hit the door with her car, she says she bumped it. It, crumped, it crinkled in, like, the door frame, and it broke the security alarm, and he never got it fixed. So, she stole her daughter's key. She didn't have to have the security code. So, if he had fixed his alarm, he'd still be alive. In theory, wow. you know. Betty contacted her daughter, Lee, and turned herself in to police, never denying that she pulled the trigger. Uh, Linda and Dan... Who did then? <laughs> no, she didn't deny that she did it. She, oh. turned, she turned herself in like, I did this. Oh, okay. Linda and Dan Broderick are listed as buried together at Greenwood Memorial Park in San Diego. California versus Elizabeth Ann Broderick began with Prosecutor Carrie Wells describing the defendant as a cold, calculated killer. Dan and Linda Broderick, as I mentioned, were sound asleep in bed. Elizabeth Broderick stood in their bedroom 
at the side of their bed. She then took the 38 caliber revolver, pointed it at their sleeping bodies, and unloaded it into them. As she often would during the trial, Wells turned Betty's own words against her, playing tapes of the angry messages she had so often left on her husband's answering machine. Messages Dan Broderick had carefully recorded and transcribed. I have very important things to ask you. You're making me mad. I'll kill you. In his opening statement, defense attorney Jack Early painted a much different picture of Betty Broderick. Conceding that his client had pulled the trigger, he told the jury that she too was a victim, destroyed by her husband's infidelity. The double murder, he contended, had been a spontaneous eruption, not a premeditated act. Elizabeth Broderick fires the gun when they move. She has no intention of going there and firing the gun, and her only thought was to kill herself if Dan Broderick refused to deal with her. The defendant, early argued, had been driven to kill. Betty was receiving $16,000 a month in alimony, living in a beachfront property that Dan had bought her, had two cars, and a boyfriend who was living with her during the time of the murders. She had a boyfriend. Bradley T. Wright was 36, tall, sandy-haired businessman, avid sailor, that Betty said, I'm not the kind of person to be with someone and not be married. I never brought Brad anywhere as my date because he was too young. I didn't want to be the other half of a midlife joke. When asked why he often slept over, she answered, it was like having a dog, but he was house trained. I hate this dumb bitch. Wow. Man. She, what really pisses me off is that she traumatized her kids in order to get back to her ex-husband. Yeah, it's like she had to keep the fight going, the divorce going, because all that time there was this connection. And once the divorce is over, you know, at first it was about the money. Like, how much money am I getting? And it makes sense. He was making like $100,000 a month. And for her to only get 16000 a month would really piss me off, too. In California. Yeah, Man. but think of how much she supported him for so long. And But, I mean, in all fairness, six, I mean, $16,000 a month. Raise it's, your hand if you could live off $16,000 a month. Yeah, especially. Move to Indiana, Betty. <laughs> it would have gone a long go. way. You'll be yeah. good to go, and buddy. I guess you know that's the thing that when you live with somebody who makes that much money, then to say, yeah, and she put, oh, up, by the way, you're gonna live well. Below. I mean, I guess I don't know. A, and she liked the finer. I mean, they spent money. She liked to spend money. She socialite everything. Yeah, they parties, friends, four, fourteen country clubs. Yeah, and it's like so. All of a sudden, you only have sixteen grand a month, and the way she liked to spend money probably wasn't like just that. For the rest of us, it would have worked just fine. Well, and the fact is, is that she could go after more if she wanted. Yeah, to. and that she—I think she had a job in an art gallery too. Like she wasn't disenfranchised in some way that she. I would say you put this lady down on like a resume, and she doesn't sound crazy. No, she could do it, but it was—and I understand being angry of you supported your husband for this long, and he dumped you for a younger version of yourself. Like, yeah, that's that not fucking right. sucks. But guess what? Don't kill people. Just couldn't, couldn't stand it another minute. Her mind was a blur, she said, as she drove toward Dan's house. She claimed she brought the gun to get his attention. What were you going to do when you got over there? Just talk, talk to him like I have done before and just tell him that if you don't cut this out, I'm just going to kill myself. And I, I, I wanted to kill myself right in front of him, just 
splash my brains all over the damn house. Prosecutor Kerry Wells cross-examined the defendant for several days. Wells tried to show that Broderick was never the victim, that she was lying about her passive role in the demise of the marriage. Betty's response was often that she simply didn't know the answer to the prosecution's questions. I honestly don't remember things. I was a crazy person. He was telling people I was crazy. I went crazy. I was like this, and you see pictures of me like this, you know, like I'm some kind of an electrified crazy person. To bolster his case, defense attorney Jack Hurley called neighbors and school teachers to the stand to describe how exceptional a parent Betty had been. And he brought in experts to discuss the psychological effects of adultery and abuse. Uh, the prosecution used analysis from two fancy doctors that said she had histrionic and narcissistic personality disorder. Will you look up histrionic? I, it's like... It is when you are addicted to history and you watch the History Channel over and over. Oh my god. Oh. Aliens. <laughs> Aliens. Histrionic personality disorder. Okay, hold on here. Okay, first of all, it had to correct the way I spelled it. Okay. <laughs> it's a mental health condition that affects the way a person thinks, perceives, and relates to others. So overly theatrical or melodramatic in character or style, exaggerated, this person's a, a fucking character. And that and narcissism gets thrown around a lot, but that one doesn't get said as much. Her, her first trial ended with a hung jury when two of the jurors held out for manslaughter, citing lack of intent, and a mistrial was declared. For the prosecutors, the experience of the first trial became a weapon in the second. They now knew what to expect from the defense and the defendant. The second time around, we, we did know what people were going to actually say, and we knew definitely what Elizabeth Broderick was going to say. In her testimony, Betty added new information about the morning of the murders as she described the frantic sequence of events. Pulling the trigger, ripping the phone from the wall, and fleeing her ex-husband's house. The defense hoped to convince the jury that Betty was out of control at the time of the killings unaware of her actions or their consequences. The movement that I made into their bedroom woke them up and they moved and somebody screamed, call the police, and I said, no! And I just fired the gun and this big noise went off and then I grabbed the phone and got the hell out of there. But I wasn't even in that room. I mean, it just was an explosion. Just, I moved, they moved, the gun went off, and it was like, ah! And it was that fast. But in a damaging cross-examination, Prosecutor Kerry Wells used transcripts from the first trial to confront Betty about her new version of the story. Mrs. Broderick, there doesn't say anything there about Linda saying call the police, does it? No, it doesn't, it doesn't say that right there. Wells continued her relentless questioning, badgering Betty about the minutiae of her marriage, including details of its violent fights, such as the time Betty got so mad that she threw a ketchup bottle at Dan. The fact that the ketchup splattered all over the wall. That's not true. No. I wish Dan was here to tell you the truth. So do I. So do I. 
The second trial was a replay of the first trial, except for the fact that they returned a verdict of two counts of second-degree murder. And I think they were saying that the jury was giving her a lesser charge, but thinking it would be only 10 years or something, and the judge imposed the maximum. Um, Roderick's explanation at both trials was that she had never planned to kill Dan and Linda and that her crime was not premeditated. Her account of the murders at her second trial was that she was startled when Linda's screaming, Call the police! And immediately fired the gun. Bitch, what you doing in their house? Bitch, what you doing? I think she was saying I was brought the gun there so we could talk. I wanted to make them listen to leave me alone. And I was like, they... Bitch, leave Brittany alone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Oh, Oh, man. Oh, man. Evidence that worked against Betty at trial was the fact that she removed a phone... From Dan Broderick's bedroom so that he could not call for help. Nah, girl, you done. So after she shot him, he was reaching for the phone. She reached over, pulled the phone out of the wall because it's a landline and threw it. And she's saying, when I left, I had no idea I shot that anyone got hit. I thought everyone was fine. I thought he was coming after me. That's why I pulled the phone out of the wall because anytime I went over, they would just call the police. And I didn't want them to call the police. I wanted to shoot them. She was sentenced to two consecutive terms of 15 years to life, plus two years for illegal use of a firearm, the maximum under the law. She has been incarcerated since the day she committed the crimes. Roderick is serving her sentence at the California Institute for Women in Chino, California. Chino! Sorry, that's my friend's name. Sorry. (laughs) In January 2010, her first request for parole was denied by the Board of Parole Hearings because she did not show remorse and did not acknowledge wrongdoing. She was denied for parole in November 2011 and again in January 2017. She will not be eligible until January 2032. She continues to describe her actions as self-defense. The only thing I was doing that morning was making it stop. She says, my lawyers hate it and because there's no law that says I can defend myself against this type of onslaught. He was killing me. He and she were still doing it in secret. It always makes me mad when people call them the victims. Me and my kids were the victims. There are two dead people, but there were five victims. Yeah, that would uh, if if you if any of the kids actually said at the had, had took her side at all, you'd go, oh. At the I don't know if it's the latest parole hearing, two kids wanted her to stay in prison, and two kids wanted her out. Yikes! Yeah, so it's a but then his family members are there. And they're just, his brother is so angry. I bet I could put the audio, I could slide the audio in of the whole parole hearing at the very end of this, just because I can, of her retelling the whole thing. She's still defending herself. And the parole guy is so nice. Like, Mrs. Broderick, we're not here to rehash the trial. Like, that's (laughs) not why we're here. He's so, like, understanding with her. He's like, I can't help you if you're not like he's trying to direct her to just fucking apologize and she can't. She just wants to go. On and on and on. Like, if I can just tell you every second of how I've been wronged in my entire life, then you'll understand. And it's like, no one cares, though. What really irks me, and a lot of these things we talk about, they piss me off because they're so ass backwards. She says, I don't, I hate when people call them the victim. Mm-hmm. That's horrid. You shot them, you dumb bitch. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it really burns my ass fire about this high (laughs) (laughs) and she used the defense of battered woman syndrome the same thing that happened last episode 
They were abusing each other, I do believe, physical and emotional, mental abuse. I think he did enjoy uh, tormenting her some and using it. He would never retaliate verbally a lot. I think he did all the legal paperwork, kept track of every single thing she did, which is what you're supposed to do so that I can fight you in court. And that's the only way you win. So I think he did enjoy winning against her. And she couldn't react like a normal person could. And it made her crazy. It did. I mean, it did because she lost everything. She says she didn't she it wasn't premeditated mm-hmm. yet she knows that the door is damaged i don't know she if she still she, i don't she doesn't they fix the door i don't know if she knows the alarm is on or not regardless she know. has a she key. stole a key from her daughter yeah she has a key she goes over at 5 a.m 5 30 whatever mm-hmm. with a gun and a key to get in the house yeah and then she shot them because they scared her. Yeah. No, you're done. And one version <laughs> you're she dismissed. says and one version she says that Linda said like screamed and called the police and that scared Betty and the gun just went off five times. No. And another version Linda did not say call the police. Uh no. Really honey. she I'm sure she shot Linda first and that woke up Dan. Well, she just Oh yeah. She knew what she was doing. Yeah, she tried to say Oh she my didn't... god, she said they weren't victims. That she was the victim. Yeah. That, and oh, I'll put more clips in here. of the. She's like, they're like, are you sorry? And she's like, I'm sorry for everything. For everything that happened to all of us. And it's like, no, no are bitch. you sorry for killing two people? No, she's Even Oprah, sorry. the mother of us all. Oprah interviews this woman in 1992 with the swishy long sleeve shirts and the whole deal. It's great. And Oprah can't get her on track. And Oprah's no. just like, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> Good God. I think perhaps you take responsibility. I do. Total. But you feel no remorse. I knew you'd get to that magic word, and I thought about it. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking... I thought about that ahead of time. Here it goes. Because everybody's been asking me this, and I I don't have the answer. I got the answer now. Remorse to me means that you regret seriously. Remorse is a heavy thing. Seriously regret a choice that you made... Yes. That was wrong. Yes. And here's the clue. I never made a choice. I never made a decision to hurt those people, much less kill them. I never made that choice. So how can I feel the remorse for a choice I never made? I ne- There's the crux, a little crux of the whole thing. Are you sorry he's dead? I'm totally sorry he's dead. Are you sorry she's dead? Absolutely. You know, I want them to see that I survived. I want them to see no matter what they did to me, a little pilot light in me wouldn't give up. Do you at this point in your life, having had some time behind the walls here, say to yourself now, I could have made some better choices, some different choices? I did. I reacted very badly. I know. But I resented. I still resent that they made me react and they made me defend myself because that's what they were doing they were poking sticks at me watch her watch her watch her watch her react watch her get mad and we can say she's crazy and she's angry but we didn't do anything you can't stump oprah no and oprah's like good luck betty good luck betty good luck betty Mm -hmm. sounds like a good title of a movie it does doesn't it yeah, they have. They made a bunch of lifetime and datelines and everything. A woman scorned. Dun, dun, dun. So I guess we should just say we're claiming this because a couple met in no- South Bend, Notre Dame, which That's- I totally. And she killed. Because that is where the story starts. Mm-hmm. That's how they met. 
The couple couple never meets. It never happens. And she killed him on my birthday. And they got married on my half birthday. (laughs) (laughs) If you celebrate half birthdays, you're dumb. Sorry. Wine and punishment with Cassie and Daniel. Wow. Were they? What a name. Yeah. What a name. Notice her name's not Carla. (laughs) Nobody's name is. Nope. Nope. No one. How did mom get? What did mom do? How did she get here? She was a little drunk, and on wine and punishment, they drink wine and. And Punish people. Talk about the punishment. <laughs> Just like we talked about the punishment with fucking Betty. They all punish us. <laughs> what was that impression of? <laughs> they all punish us. <laughs> and then I think our only other bit of information is Carla went on a date with a professional NFL player. A professional NFL, not just, just an, an NFL, NFL player. No, this, no, he was professional. He was very. How did your date go? It was actually very nice. What did you watch? We watched The Office. We See? watched like 10 episodes of The Office. That's and I a was good like, date. It's very nice. Will you go on another date? I don't know. If he's around. I'm down to clown. All right. Would it be weird if I got us t-shirts that said best friends and no and brothers? No, it wouldn't be weird. And had him no. sign them? No, no. It wouldn't be weird at all. Can you give me an autograph? Probably, actually. Probably. <laughs> what all do you want him to sign? Just start loading things up. If you want him to sign your boob, you got to be there in person. <laughs> The Look, you about- hear she just invited us on a double day. Yay. <laughs> just the thing about, about Daniel is he wouldn't sell things. If he gets stuff signed, he doesn't sell them. That very right. true. He's not here to make a profit. Nope. nope. He's here to have memories. I hate when you see adults at the garage at the 500 running down these drivers to get autographs. I Unless I'm going to a signing, I won't ask these guys for an autograph. No, because they're just people. I'm just a person. And I'm not going to run it down, and I'm not going to. like all My bro- my brother has a pretty cool memorabilia collection. Well, that's why you do and it, he's like, to collect. But he, he's talked about, he, you know, he sold some of it off. Mm-hmm. And uh, how do you I'm, sell I'm okay with people personalizing stuff. I was going to say, how do you sell yeah. something that says, Dear Daniel, it was exactly. great to meet you He today. doesn't have anything personalized, <laughs> yeah. but I... If anyone asked me to sign anything, I'd put avoid the clap. No. <laughs> Jimmy Dugan. Jimmy Dugan. <laughs> hey, that's good advice. <laughs> Name that movie, Carla. Yeah. Joe Dirt. No. no. I don't even fucking know. A League of Their Own. A League of Their Own. Oh, There's no crying that. in baseball. We're watching and the baseball. kid comes up to have get his yes, okay. Tom Hanks' autograph. That was the worst guess. And he guess. asked for an autograph. That was the worst guess writes, of all time. Yeah, he writes avoid Joe the clap. Joe Dirt. Hey, that's good advice. <laughs> I really didn't know. Yeah. Anything else? Tell them where to find us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. In MySpace. In MySpace at Who's Your Homicide. You can email us. Who's Your Homicide at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook. Like. We're also on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Napster. Not Napster. What? Uh, LimeWire and (laughs) FrostWire. If you download, your computer will get an STD. Yes, it will. So maybe just use Spotify. And if you look at porn on that computer, it's like getting an STD and then getting hepatitis C. Yeah. We advise against it. Uh, Rate, review, subscribe. Only five-star reviews because we can say whatever with the fuck we want. Here's our latest five-star review from KRay34. I have seriously become obsessed with this podcast. I'm a fellow Hoosier, and I absolutely love listening to you guys. I literally laugh out loud nonstop, and my husband does too. I enjoy all the homicide stories, but I might enjoy the banter even more. Thanks for providing me with such entertainment. Keep it up. Thank you for this. If you send me your address at HoosierHomicide at gmail.com, I will send you stickers. And we will drive to your house. 
and hang out in the lawn suntan. And thing. we will drive into your front door. <laughs> and disengage your alarm. <laughs> but we won't shoot anybody. Not no, yet. we're not we're like there that. to party. <laughs> I was just going over to talk. I just wanted to talk at five. No one wants to fucking talk at 5.30. No one's had coffee or anything. All righty. All righty. It's about bedtime. It's about night-night. Night-night. It got dark. 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 Where'd my shadow go? Where'd my shadow go? (laughs) Where'd my sunglasses? (laughs) What happened? What happened? What happened? Oh, but she got in my car today and goes, what's that smell? (laughs) (laughs) That smell. It smells. You can check everywhere on the property, but not in that That box. box. (laughs) It smells. Don't check in my car. Anywhere but the trunk. (laughs) And for honest to goodness, stay out of the corn. Bye, bye, Miss American Cream Pie. (laughs) (laughs) Drove my Chevy into the front door of my ex-husband's house. (laughs) You're welcome. Good night. Good night. Good luck. I allowed the voices in my head to completely take over. I heard all the past voices of your, you know, all the bad things from my parents and my kids and Dan and everybody else. And I'm this horrible, awful, worthless failure of a human being. And then I allowed the stress of of losing my house and going to jail and not having a home to put the kids because if he throws me in jail again I lose my house and I was just afraid of Mrs. Broderick stop right there a minute okay you're worried about your husband putting you in jail again yet you consciously take the gun that you purchased in March you go to the house which you got a key to get in Okay, you felt like you knocked on the door, rang the doorbell here, okay, and said, hello, hey, can we chat? You didn't do that. You went in the back door, you knew the house well, you went to the bedroom, it's 5.30 in the morning, and you killed two people. I went to Dan's house to ask him to just give me the kids and leave me the hell alone. This is too many years of this ongoing stuff. I never got to ask him or say anything. Linda came at me, and the gun went off over and across the bed, and the physical evidence proves that. And I didn't think of anything. I wasn't thinking. I don't want, you know, we're not going to retry you, okay? But the physical evidence doesn't show that, and you're here on a murder second. I know. Okay? You got convicted of this crime, all right? The, The evidence would show that a different thing happened here. My question is, you wrote a suicide note? How come you didn't commit suicide? I was going How come to you didn't do it after you killed uh, your husband? I didn't have your any ex-husband? bullets. I didn't have any bullets left. I was just startled. I was just startled. It wasn't, I don't even remember pulling the trigger even once. I was just startled. Miss Broderick, you went to that home with a gun. You went to that home with a loaded gun. You went to that home uninvited. At 5.30 in the morning, when most people are in bed asleep. Okay? So so you can see where the commissioner, can you understand where she's coming from? She lunged at you. Excuse me, you weren't even supposed to be there. You're in there with a gun. So there was some intent to go there to do something more than just chit-chat. I was not, obviously, not thinking straight or thinking clearly at all. And I thought if I had the gun, I could make them listen to me. You, you told me earlier you don't even remember pulling the phone from the wall. I don't remember pulling the phone, but Dan spoke to me. 
and spoke to me without any pain or any flinching or anything. Dan said, okay, okay, you got me, like that. And I had no bullets left or anything. I just ran out of the room. But I, that's why I didn't know he was hit or anything was wrong with him. And I thought he was chasing me. And I was running away from Dan. He spoke to me absolutely clearly with no pain. I had no idea he was hit. I thought he was chasing me. He spoke to me clearly, plainly. I have great remorse and feel terrible for all the needless, senseless pain and suffering I've caused so many. I took the lives of two wonderful people who were loved by many. For that, I will be forever sorry. That was never my intention. If staying in prison longer would change something or bring them back, I would do that. But that would accomplish nothing. I can never undo or repair the damage I have done in the past. My only hope is to go forward in peace and love and try to heal this family. My name is Dan Broderick, B-R-O-D-E-R-I-C-K. I'm the son of the victims of the victims and, and Betty. It saddens me to say this, but I don't think my mother is a stable and healthy person. I don't think I don't think she hasn't been for decades. I don't think she's remorseful, insightful to what she's done. She has never expressed wanting forgiveness from us, nor giving forgiveness to my dad and Linda. She has never apologized until today for what she's done has never acknowledged the pain and suffering for her actions. <clears throat> in 20 years since the incident, she hasn't done much that I'm aware of for redemption or correcting her wrongs. My name is Kim Piggins, P-I-G-G-I-N-S, and I'm the oldest child of Dan and Betty Broderick. I was 19 years old when my dad and Linda died. My youngest sibling was a mere 10. It was at that moment that the four of us became orphans. Not only did my mother's actions take our father from us, but it took her away from us as well. I just always hoped that one day she would come around and realize what she had done. Yet she still not once until today has taken responsibility for her actions or expressed any remorse for the damage she's caused. She has continuously maintained that she was the victim in all this and had no choice but to act as she did. She defends her behavior to this day and makes justifications that are irrational and without factual basis. The truth of the matter is that my parents had a horrible divorce and they treated each other very poorly. But that often happens at the dissolution of a marriage. Nothing that transpired between them was grounds for murder or, frankly, any of the violent actions that my mother took towards my dad and Linda in the years prior to their deaths. I am the daughter of Dan and Betty Broderick. I have come here today in support of my mother's release. I'm not trying to deny the heartbreaking loss my family has suffered through my mother's crimes. I love my father, and I want to honor his memory. My life has been very difficult trying to get by with this tragedy and the lack of my parents. My mother has been a good prisoner for the last 20 years, as all of her prison records will show. She has expressed remorse. And I feel that she should have a chance to live her older years outside of the prison walls. I'm Rhett Broderick, um, son of Dr. Spot, B-R-O-D-E-R-I-C-K, um, the son of um, Dan and Betty Broderick. Um, I, too, support my mother's release. Um, I have spent two-thirds of my life without my parents. Um, I was very young when my mom was a broken woman. She was consumed by anger and grief, and she was 
so depressed and just not the woman that she is today. Um, I, there's, there's no, um, I'm very confident that my mom would succeed outside of prison. I, I think that the, uh, psychological evaluation, um, is accurate. I do not think she's a risk to society. I think she'd be a very contributing member of society. And I think that, um, the longer she stays in prison, the harder that transition will be. Yeah. My name is Larry Broderick. Dan Broderick was my brother. I am saddened that I will never share again memories of a lifetime with Dan. I am deeply saddened to have lost the last 20 years with Dan and Linda and all of our future together. I am saddened by the devastation visited on Dan's children by this woman's outrageous acts. The overwhelming emotion I feel is rage. I have become a bitter, angry person over the years. And in order to more fully understand what I am about to say, it is important, I believe, for you to know that I believe that the criminal sitting before you is a psychopath. I am enraged that this self-centered, lying psychopath executed Dan and Linda. I am enraged by what this murderer did to my mother and father. I am Roger Kolkina, K-O-L-K-E-N-A, brother of Linda Broderick. In my view, the most important question before the panel is, if free... Can Betty Broderick do it again? If someone were to cause her to feel enraged, or if she felt compelled to settle an old score, might Betty Broderick kill again? I don't know. The doctors don't know. No one can know. It is my heartfelt conviction that, for the safety and well-being of the Broderick family, the Colquina family, and the community, Betty Broderick should remain confined for the rest of her days. You know, your heart is still bitter. You're still angry. You're, you're, you're showing no significant uh, progress in evolving as a person past this situation. And I think what was even more overwhelming than just us talking about it was your own kids, who you talk to all the time. And they're saying, Mom, you got to move on. You, you're still there. You're still back 20 years ago.